thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for eyes that can see, Lord. Can see through the darkness that's all around us. Lord, we don't see darkness, we see a great light. Lord, the angels of God that have visited us, Lord, and moving around us, Father. Lord, the eyes of the world are upon, Lord, the new president and the new vice president coming in, but Lord, our eyes are upon the King of Kings. Lord, we're looking for a great coronation, Lord, a meeting in the air, Father. The dead in Christ are rising among us. Thank you for eyes to see, Lord. Thank you for ears to hear, Father. Thank you for the grace that you bestowed in our lives, Lord, to where we can look on the road map and know where we're at, Father. We are not in confusion. We're not in, 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 Lord, in a place of helplessness or hopelessness. But Lord, we have a great hope because we serve a great God. A great God who knows His Word and backs His Word up and will not let one part of it fall to the ground. But we'll fulfill every part, Father. What a blessed people we are. What an honor it is to be your children. Lord, tonight we commit this service to your hands. We, we thank you, Father, for your grace and mercy in our lives. And we want to say thank you, Lord. As that you bless this service, Father, help us to step out of the way. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians. Familiar scripture that we've been reading and pulling from. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4. said, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I just speak to you again on casting down imaginations, but to hone in or to talk about the stronghold of complacency. You know, complacency is really a sister, if you want to say, or a brother to lukewarmness. You know, we was reading last Wednesday in Revelations 3, in verse 15, it said, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would that thou wert cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And we notice he said they're neither cold nor hot, they were lukewarm. And lukewarm meaning to have a lack of enthusiasm or a a lack of passion or a, a lack of fervency. In other words, it means to be without earnest interest or interested in something very passionately it is to it's more or less a take it or leave it attitude and we see in this time that people in this age have become very very careless and very lax and very indifferent towards the things of God you know a great man of God through the, through the ages there Mr. Brother Spurgeon made this statement I thought it was quite interesting as I was looking at this today he said it's harder a great deal to work for Jesus with a church which is lukewarm than it would be to begin without a church. He says, give me a dozen earnest spirits and put me down anywhere in London and by God's help, 
We will soon cause the wilderness and the solitary places to rejoice. He said, but give me the whole lot of a lot of half-hearted, half undecided, unconcerned. What can I do? He said, it'll only drag upon a man's zeal and a man's earnestness. He said, 5,000 members of a church all lukewarm will be 5,000 impediments. But a dozen earnest, passionate spirits determined that Christ shall be glorified, souls shall be won. We must be more than conquerors, and every weakness and fewness will in res- their very weakness and fewness will reside capacities for being more largely blessed of God. He said, "It's better nothing than lukewarmness." You know, and I believe that's the way our, our heart ought to be. I'd rather be nothing than be lukewarm. Amen. But instead of, you know, being lukewarm, I believe that we can be fervent about the things of God and passionate about the things of God. You know, and he would read on, you can read on in Revelations 3 as we begin to dissect this church, this Laodicean church. He said, because thou sayest, I'm rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And he said, I counseled thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. You know, Brother Brandon would say, he said, you know, the, the, the scripture says, I have need of nothing. He says, when anybody says I have need of nothing, they very well be, might as well be saying I have everything or be saying I don't want any more, I'm full. He said, see, you can express this any way you want to, but it all adds up to the fact that the church is complacent. She's satisfied with what she has. She either figures she has it all or has enough. And he said, that's exactly what we find today. Complacency is a self-satisfied state of negligence or carelessness, especially in relation to one personal situation. You know, the Bible in Proverbs would say, for the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroy them. Notice it talks about, it equates the complacency with fools or simples or someone that's naive. Throughout the whole book of Proverbs, it would refer to these these terms of simple and fools or naive people to describe people who don't give thoughts to their lives or who are people who aren't intentional about honoring God and walking in his ways. I believe when we're going to walk in his ways, we ought to be intentional about it. Amen. When we come to church, we ought to be intentional about it. Amen. Amen. When we worship him, it ought to be something that we are, have a fervency, a desire to give all that we have to him. Amen. A, na- a naive one or a fool lives only to please themselves. You know, they do what feels good regardless of whether it is good. Amen. Regardless of even if it's God's will or not. The Bible says their complacency will destroy them. If we consider the definition again, self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied with by awareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. And in other words, to be complacent is to feel comfortable when you should be concerned. 
Did you get that? Complacent is to be com- feel comfortable when you should be concerned. Amen. It's willfully ignoring the fact that you're not where you should be or neglecting what you ought to be doing. Amen. It's the thing James talked about when he says, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Amen. You know, there's a fine line. You know, people say, well, I'm not complacent. I'm content. There's a fine line between contentment and complacent. You know, uh, actually, you could take the thought, you know, as a man described it in this way, he says, you know, there's a certain snake, there's a coral snake, and you, you, there's also another snake that's not, the coral snake's very deadly and very poisonous and, and, and can kill you in just a few moments. But there's another snake that looks just like it, but it has a, maybe a few different characteristics about it, but it's very, it's a, it's a harmless king snake. And it does a lot of good, and it keeps, you know, pests away. And, and, but knowing the difference between them could be the matter of life and death. And knowing the difference between a, a contentment and complacency, amen, is the matter between life and death. Because contentment has more to do with trusting God, you know, when you've reached your limits or when you're not the most in, your, in a comfortable place, but you're still trusting God. And, and, and you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that you don't have joy or satisfaction in your life or, or you have to be uncomfortable all the time. But when you're content, your satisfaction is focused on God. Amen. When you're in contentment, amen, your gratitude, you're, you're in gratitude for what he's done for you and everything around you, amen, is, is, is circling around him and what he's done for you. Amen. You're accompli- you acknowledge your limitations, and, but you'll be intentional about following the Lord's lead. Where he leads me, I will follow. On the other hand, being complacent is about being satisfied with yourself, with your own pleasures, when you know God has more important things. And he wants to lead you into, it's a state of stubborn, man, one man said it like this, he said, it's a state of stubborn stillness when God is actually wanting you to get up and move. That's what complacency is. And before long, though, complacency will lead to apathy and then to unbelief. It may feel good now, but the end, the road is not pleasant. You know, contentment is being satisfied where God has placed you. Complacency is settling for the place God is telling you to leave. Amen. God is telling you to get out of that doldrum. Get out of that situation. Get out of that thing. And what we're, we call it contentment. Just be content. That's not being content. God is telling you there's another step to take. There's more land to possess. There's no more promises to be fulfilled. Amen. This, as we said, you know, we're looking at the fulfillment of prophecy. It ought to drive back every, every bit of lukewarmness out of our lives as, as we see the time is ticking down and prophecies are being fulfilled so very fast. There ought not be complacency in our lives, but there is complacency in people's lives. You know, it's amazing when you realize the complacency that led to apathy and belief. You start seeing people who led, left, them, that left this message and left this truth. It started with complacency. You know, it started with 
just allowing things to be and, and not dealing with situations in their lives and, and allowing bitterness to take place or allowing something to have preeminence in their lives instead of man, being, being active or fervent in the things of God. Amen. A coldness started setting in. And before you know it, apathy took over unto where unbelief has now taken them. You know, uh, you know, is maybe some of you have seen it has been sent to me several times today about the inauguration of the new president and the vice president. And I thought it was quite astounding when the vice president got out in the and, and what the media is saying, royal purple. Dressed in royal purple. And if you go back and look at what Brother Branham talked about it, he described that he called out that very color. You know, but even already people that has left the messages, oh, that's not purple, that's blue. You know, complacency has taken over. Just complete unbelief. They can see things right before them and willfully blind. It started off with complacency. It started out with settling for a place instead of leaving there and moving forward with God and, and saying, God, I need more of you. Amen. Sure, they might have had an experience at a place sometime where God may have done something for them, but they stayed there instead of moving on with God. That's why we have to be very careful in our experience. It needs to be a fresh and up-to-date experience. Come on, somebody. Amen. We need to be every day looking for more of God. I want more of him in my life. I, I want him in my everyday life. I want him in my car. I want him in my work. I want him in my study. I want him everywhere. Amen. It ought not be just the happiness of uh, even just, uh, you know, our Christian duty to come to church. Well, I fulfilled it. No, it's every day I'm a Christian. It's every moment I'm a Christian. It's every moment I'm living for him. I'm looking for his appearing. Hallelujah. Listen, these signs that we're seeing should not bring sadness to your heart. It ought to bring a rejoicing. Because these are the days we've been longing for. Many of many prophets and, and priests and kings, many of wise people long for this day that we're living in. And we're seeing prophecy being fulfilled. It ought to put a joy in our heart. Any moment the dead in Christ is going to rise. Any moment our God is going to return. But we see complacency at the very beginning there in the church ages. We can see it there, and we can read about the Ephesus church. There in the book of Revelation, it says, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. My, that gives me peace right there. Because those seven golden candlesticks represents seven ages. And he's walking in every age. So even in this time we're living in, he's still here among us. Amen. And he said, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, how that thou cannot bear them which are evil. Thou hast tried them which say they're apostles and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne and hast patience, and for my name's sake hath labored and hath not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come to thee quickly and remove thy candlesticks out of the place except thou repent but this is thou this thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans which I also hate he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches amen the very name Ephesus has a, a meaning aimed at 
but relaxed. It's the high aspirations of this age that had begun with the fullness of the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Amen. The God came and broke out upon men, and men did amazing. Amen. Feats of the supernatural were taking place, and it was started out like that, but it didn't end like that. Amen. To where there was such a depth of God, they were aiming at the high calling of God, but it began to give way to a less watchful attitude. A less ardent following of Jesus Christ began to manifest, manifest itself as an omen that with the, in the future ages, the physical vehicle called the church would all sink way down into the awfulness of the depths of Satan. It had become relaxed and it was drifting. That's why we, we need to make sure we're not being just drifters. Drift in the one service and drift out and drift out three with drift out back in three. You're just drifting. Amen. The, the, the love of God. You know, you know what it's like to have that fervency. Amen. That desire, that passion to know his word. And, 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 and that we don't want to be like Laodicea that says, I have need of nothing. Listen, we don't want to be a people that can't hardly take a, a few moments of the word or even a few hours of the word and get tired of it. Come on now. We want to be somebody that can soak in the word of God and eat upon the word of life because it's life to us. It's more than just a, a do-good religion. It's more than just a, a, a doing my Christian duty. It's life to us. But this tiny seed left its first love. And this tiny seed planted in that Ephesian age would one day grow into the spirit of air unto all foul birds of the air would roost in its branches. So inoffensive to human reason was that little plant appear in that new Eve, the new church, that again she would be deceived by Satan. And the Ephesian age had presented her the opportunity to be God's best. Come on now. We want to be God's best. Listen, there's plenty of people trying to be the devil's best. They're impersonating spirits and spirits are coming out all over them. But there's a people that are God's best. Hallelujah. Amen. But while she prevailed for a moment, but then she relaxed. And in an unguarded moment, Satan planted the seed of complete ruination. He said, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. To understand this, you must must realize that the spirit is not speaking to the original saints of Ephesus alone. This message is to the entire age. It went 120 years. It's a message is, is to all the Gentile generations in that span. But history is now, it keeps repeating itself. In the generations of Israel, we'll see a revival in one, only to see the fires fade in the next. Listen, it was complacency that led, that brought, that when Israel got into Egypt, they began to realize how good it was in Egypt. And before they knew it, that complacency was as a frog in a little pot of water. And the heat began to turn up and up and up until all of a sudden there was a Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. And the next thing you know, they wasn't honored citizens of Egypt. They become slaves. It was complacency that brought them there. 
to that place in that moment of slavery. And he says, you see, until where it goes up and it goes down, it goes up and it goes down, until where now there's no vestige whatsoever of that original flame. But then God will light the fire again. And the same process is repeating. He says, simply the manifestation of the truth that God has no grandchildren. Salvation is not passed on by natural birth any more than there's any truth to apostolic succession. It isn't the word. You start out with truly born again believers, but then the next generation comes along and they're no longer just Christians. They've taken on a denominational name. That's why our young people have to have their own experience. That's why the old people's got to have enough Christianity about them and enough fervency about them to create the atmosphere so they can have that experience. It ain't all just on one group of people. It's on all of us working together. Amen. I've told people, you wonder why your kids don't worship God and they don't put God in their life. You ought to start looking at your own life. And the only excuses that you made and you're done. Listen, no excuse works in this age. We're coming to the end of excuses. You start out with truly born again, but the next generation comes along and is plain Christians. You know, they're no longer just Christians. They have to take on some name, Baptist, Methodist. That's exactly what they are. They're not Christians. You have to be born of the will of God, not the will of man to be saved. But these are now coming together by the will of man. But he says, but he says, but see what happens is, he says, the fervent desire to please God, the passion to know his word, the cry for reaching out in the spirit, all begins to fade. And instead of that church being on fire with the fire of God, it has cooled off and become formal. Maybe we need to change that a little bit. The fervent desire to please God, the passion to know his word, the cry for the reaching and the spirit all begins to fade. And instead of that person being on fire for God, he begins to cool off and becomes a bit formal in his worship and formal in his attitude towards God and formal in the things of God. Come on now. The abandonment to God has died out. And people were beginning to be more careful about what the world thought about them instead of what God thought about them. Listen, it's the truth. I mean, you see it even in message ranks. When women start putting on paint on their faces, that ain't to meet God, that's to meet men. Come on. Listen, when Jezebel put the paint on her face, it wasn't to meet God, it was to meet a man. And people begin to worry. You can tell people are worried about what the world thinks about them. We got to have the new clothes. We got to have this. We got to have every style. We got to have it all. Instead of what God thinks about you. What's on the inside of your heart. That's what counts. Not about our dress and how much money we got in our closet. And none of that, none of that matters. Second generation coming on was just like Israel. They demanded the king to be the ne- be like a king to be like other nations. And when they did, they rejected God. That is the history of the church. When it thinks more of conforming to the world instead of conforming to God, 
It isn't long until you see them stop doing things they used to do and start doing things they wouldn't do initially. They change their manner of dress, their attitudes, their behavior. They get lax. That's what Ephesus means, relax, drifting. Listen, you can go right back to the Pentecostal ranks. Amen. You can, you can see when the, when the Holy Ghost began to fall and the gifts were restored, what did it do? It restored holiness. It restored dress. It restored, amen, a woman back to her position. It did all of those things. But go find one now. They look back at that and say, it's a bunch of old foginess. What caused that? The presence of God falling down. Hallelujah. Amen. If, that, if the presence of God causes, amen, a woman to dress right, look right, amen, a man to do right, what, does, what, what causes the other thing? Relaxed. Drifting. The cycle of revival and death has never failed. It's come right into the ranks of the message. Amen. All you have to do is recall, there he goes, the last move of God in the spirit when men and women dressed like Christians went to church, prayed all night, took to the street corners, wasn't ashamed of the manifestation of the spirit. Mercy. Sound like he's calling out us message believers. At this time, he's talking about a Pentecostal ranks. They left their old dead churches, worshiped in home and old store buildings that had a reality. But it wasn't long until they began to get enough money to build. Find new churches. They put a choir instead of singing into God for themselves. They put gowns on. They organized the movement. Soon began to read books that wasn't fit to read. They let down the bars and the goats come in and took over. The cry of joy was gone. The freedom of the spirits gone. And they kept on with a form. But the fire has died down and the blackness of ashes is all that's about left. But he said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Amen. We need to take heed to him. That we do, we do not know, that we do not know, but he will lend his ear and want to know the words of the truth will fill the spirit of God and lighten him. If your ears open to the word, the spirit of God will reveal something to you. Amen. It's the work of the spirit. It'll teach you. He, but notice in this, in, this, when he, in this Ephesian church age, he said, this is something Brother Branham keys in on. He said, notice it says that the spirit is speaking to the churches. Not just the Ephesus church, not just for the first age only, but this is for all church ages. Don't be drifting. We can look through scriptures. We'll go through some here as we go here. Deuteronomy 4, 9 says, Take heed to thyself. In other words, don't come to church and say, well, that was for somebody else. They, you know, that I, oh, I know where that hit. Take heed to yourself and keep thy soul diligently. <laughs> he didn't say come to church and make sure everybody else's soul is right. He said, keep thy soul. Lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen. And lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. Amen. 
And Luke 21, 34 says, take heed to yourself, lest any time your hearts be overcharged with sophiating and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you unaware. For it, as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Amen. When a person sets a snare for a, a bird or for a bear, whatever animal he's trying to catch, he, he's not got signs pointing to it. He's not, you know what I mean? It's not all out in the open. It's disguised a lot of ways. Amen. But what does a snare do when that animal steps into that point? It slaps shut. That's why. That's why. And before he knows it, he's caught. And this is exactly what the rapture is fixing to do to a lot of people. That door that's been opened is about to shut. Amen. He that is holy will be holy still. Amen. He that is ungodly will be ungodly still. Amen. We see people that are just going on like it's just any other day. This is not just any other day. This is a time to have sincerity. This is a time to have fervency. This is a time to say, God, whatever's wrong in my life, I want to make it right. It's a time to let down or let go of old family squabbles and, and things that's held you back. It's a time to put it all on the blood and say, God, I don't want to be caught in the trap of Laodicea. Second Peter says, one says, 19 says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Wherein you do well that you take heed. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Second Peter 1, 1 says, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that obtained like precious faith. With us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you. And grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. Oh, hallelujah. That by these you might be partakers of divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. And besides this, beside this giving all diligence. All diligence, add to your faith virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, tempers, tempers, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you abound, they make that you neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his own sins. Wherefore the brethren, brother, give diligence. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. <laughs> For if you do these things, you will not fail. Hallelujah. If you do these things, you will take a body change. If you do these things, Oh, but I, I got this to do, Brother Timothy. I, I got, if you do these things. It's kind of like Brother Branham talking about, you know, our body being worth so many cents. 
And today that sense has went probably who knows how far into the dollars with inflation and everything else. But he said somebody will worry about what they put on and, you know, and he said, talks about going to a restaurant and he said, how, if you dare find a spider in your soup, you'll throw a fit. You know, get all out of sorts because you got some, maybe what it is, hair, or whatever it is, just get out all the sorts. He said, but them same people will gom down everything the devil has. Amen. Just take whatever, all his lies and all the things, just take it right in as though, amen. Listen, it's time we give diligence to the things of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat, drink, and rose up to play. Amen. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell one day three and 20,000. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed as serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened to them for examples. And they are written for our monastery upon whom the end of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. It's only as an example. You know, people apparently are not convinced. Therefore, they're not concerned. If you was convinced this was the truth, you would be concerned with having your house in order. If you was convinced in the time that we're living in, you would be concerned about where you are as a father and a mother and daughters and sons if you was convinced. Amen. Matthew 24, 37 says, But as the, days, uh, as the days of Noah were, so shall be also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days were before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And all of a sudden, bam, door closed. Brother Aaron preached a wonderful sermon on the fence is empty. If you hadn't listened to it, you ought to go listen to it. I'm pretty sure it's in the archives and ain't, we'll get it to you. If it ain't in the archives, you can preach it again. Yep. <laughs> People coming in just like a day like usual. Oh, no, he's out there doing the same thing again. Crazy guy. But all of a sudden, this day was different. Yeah. They come to the ark to do their making fun and they're carrying on. And the door shut. It's going to be a day just like that day. For these critics and people making fun, all of a sudden they're going to come to the Evening Light website and it's shut. They're going to come to other places and it's shut. 
Not by the government. No. no. Brother Brown said she won't be shut up, she'll be taken up. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That door will be shut. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not worried and fretting about what the government's going to do. They're already doing places called China. Amen. Read about those brothers in China. It ain't stopped the ministry of God. It's went forward with more zeal than ever. What did he do when he tried to come and persecute the early church? It spread them out with more zeal than ever. The devil's going about like a roaring lion. It's only going to put more zeal in people. Let's get this work done. Let's get it over with. Let's find that last soul. Let's get out of here. Hallelujah. The signs of the time are here. It's going home time. And knew not until the flood came. came. And took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, watch therefore, watch therefore. In other words, give strict attention. Be cautious and active. This is what this word means, watch. Take heed, lest through remission and indolence, which is the avoidance of activity and exertion, laziness. Some destructive calamity suddenly overtakes you. So so to keep that from happening, watch. Keep your eye upon him. Keep looking for his appearing. Amen. Amen. Make everything uh, that you're doing about him. You're looking for him. Listen, when you're looking for him, you're not just looking for him to come in the skies of glory. You're looking to him for every day to visit. You're looking for him to come in your schoolrooms. You're looking for him to fall in your car. You're looking for him to fall in every service. Amen. I don't think we should be complacent about our services. We ought to be looking for him. Just like the woman who washed his feet. She came there looking for him. And when she found him, she did something about it. She fell at his feet and she worshiped. The complacency was gone. All the things about her was gone. She said, I have to get to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. If you will come with that same attitude, you'll see him. You'll see him in the songs. You'll see him in the preaching. You'll see him in the word of God going forth and delivering the sick and healing the the sick and saving the lost. You will see him. And when you see him, Don't let complacency hold you back. Fall down at his feet and worship him. Do something about it when he comes. Watch. Know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched. And would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. 
But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his, servant, his coming and shall begin to smite his fellow servants to eat and drink with the drunken, the Lord of that servant shall come in the day that he looketh not for him in an hour that he's not aware of and shall cut him asunder sunder, and appoint him his portion, with his, with his portion with the hypocrites and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Luke 12, 35 says, let your loins be girded about and your lights burning. Oh, hallelujah. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. When he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open to him immediately. That's the kind of people we want to be. Amen. That we're fervent. And when we hear his knock, we open the door. You know, Brother Bram talked about that guy that was criticizing an artist about the picture of Jesus on the outside knocking the man on the inside. And, he, and, he said, and the guy, the critic said, well, you forgot something. How can he open the door when there's no latch for him to open the door? And he said, well, that's the whole mystery of this. He said the latch is actually on the inside. You have to take the latch and open the door. Amen. You got to get beyond the complacency. That's just another service. Or I got, I've been this way all my life. I, hey, no, you got to open the door and say, God, I see you and I want you to do something for me. Come in unto me, Lord. And he said, if you open the door, I'll come in. And it should come to pass. And if it should come to pass, let me go back up, verse 37. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord when he cometh shall find watching. Same word, an action. Amen. Not, not lax, not lazy about the things of God, but watching. It's more than just looking. It's an action. It's kind of about like the word, the, your manner of conversation, or it's your manner of living. This watch is more than just two eyeballs looking at a piece of paper or a wall somewhere. No, it's an action. You're in anticipation. Anytime he's coming back. When he come in the and if he come in the second watch or come in the third watch, find him so blessed are these servants. And to know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he'd have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken that through. So be the, be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when ye think not. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, watch ye, same word, watch ye, be on guard, stand firm in your faith, stand firm in God, respecting his precepts and keeping the doctrine that's been given to you, stand fast in the faith and quit ye like men, or in other words, be mature and be courageous and be strong, be like God called men, watch ye. 1 Thessalonians 5, 6 says, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober. Put it on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath. Oh, hallelujah. But to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we shall live together with him. First Peter 5, 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And he's devoured a many. 
right off message pews. Zephaniah would say it like this. The word of the Lord came to Zephaniah. This is about the end time. He said, I will completely consume and sweep away all things from the face of the earth in judgment, says the Lord. I will consume and sweep away, this is amplified, man and beast. I will consume and sweep away the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the stumbling blocks, the idols, along with the wicked. I will cut off and destroy man from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand in judgment against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. I will cut off and destroy the remnant of Baal from its place and the names and remembrances of the idolatrous priests along with the false priests and those who bow down and worship the host of heaven, the sun, the moon, and the stars on the housetop, those who bow down and swear oaths and pretend to worship the Lord. Did you hear that? Those who bow down and swear oaths and pretend to worship the Lord, and yet also swear by the pagan god called Milcom, god of the Amorites, and those who have turned back from following the Lord, those who have not sought the Lord as their most important need, Amen. or inquired of him, hush, be silent before the Lord God. In other words, there's no acceptable excuse to offer now. For the day of vengeance of the Lord is here. For the Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has set apart for his use those that have accepted his invitation. Then it will come about on the day of the Lord's sacrifice that I will punish the princes and the king's sons and all who are clothed in lavish foreign apparel reflecting their paganism. Mercy. On that day, I will also punish all those who leap over the temple threshold, who fill their pagan Lord's temple with violence and deceit. On that day, declares the Lord, there will be sound of crying from the fish gate and the northern wall of Jerusalem where invaders enter and the wailing from the second quarter of the city and loud crashes from the hill. Well, you inhabitants of Morda and the merchants of Canaan will be silenced and destroyed. It'll come about at that time that I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are like old wine stagnant in spirit another one another translation says that are actually happy-go-lucky the same word complacent so complacent who say in their hearts the Lord will not do good nor will he do evil the same ones that won't give honor to God when he heals sick. And give it all to the doctors. The same one. Furthermore, their wealth will become plunder. Their houses, desolation. They will build houses but not live in them. Plant vineyards but not drink their wine. The great judgment day of the Lord is here. It is near and coming very quickly. Listen. 
the day of the Lord. The warrior cries out bitterly. That day is a day of the outpouring of the wrath of God. It is a day of trouble and distress. It is a day of destruction and devastation. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. A day of trumpet and battle cries. Of invaders against fortified cities. Against the high corner towers. I will bring distress on men so that they will walk like blind men. Unable to find a way of escape because they have sinned against the Lord and their blood will be poured out like dust and trampled underfoot and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to rescue them on the day of the Lord's indignation and wrath and the whole earth will be consumed in a fire of his jealous wrath for he shall make full and complete end indeed an terrifying one for all the inhabitants of the earth. It don't sound like a place I want to be. Their gold and silver ain't going to help them. They'll draw up all kinds of ways to try to get us out of this problem. It ain't going to work. This nation is following the path of prophecy. These people are following the path of prophecy. Total destruction and annihilation. Just as the word has said, so it shall be. There's people that's fulfilling prophecy of the prophecy of the of of Sodom and Gomorrah. Right now, we're just you know the new president is just putting in the first transgender into an office. Yeah. I agree. We're not a Christian nation. This nation started out as a lamb, but she's speaking as a dragon. And she's fulfilling it. She's fulfilling every iota she's got to. And this world's going to fulfill it. And she's going to be burned. People are going to die. Great calamities we've read have come up on the earth. It's going to happen. It will be a terrifying one for the inhabitants of the earth. I don't want to be there. So if we see those people fulfilling a vision, there's also another people fulfilling a vision. Hallelujah. Amen. There was a church. There was a church and a bride, Brother Branham, seen in a vision, right? Seen the bride come around the one time, then the church came and he said, Black made him sick. He couldn't, said, I can't even, I don't even have the etiquette to describe it. Her dress and her manner of way, it wasn't nothing to do with Christianity no more. Totally gone, it was stripped away from her. He said, I thought after all I've done, this is what I've produced. He said, But all of a sudden the voice said, And she'll come again. And the bride came again, marching and onward, Christian soldiers. Amen. And he saw her take, as she was going, amen, in the most beautiful garb, dressed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Not her own righteousness. Amen. But as we see this other church going down into demise, down into hell, and down into destruction, there's also another church that's not going down. She's going up. And she's not going to be bound down by lukewarmness and the complacency of Laodicea, but there's going to be a fervent desire in her. I've got to fulfill the prophecy that's spoken of me. God spoke of me, and I'm going to fulfill it. 
Hallelujah. He spoke there will be healings. I'm going to fulfill it. He spoke there will be deliverances. I'm going to fulfill it. Hallelujah. And let me tell you prodigals out there, there's prophecy over you and you will fulfill it. Hallelujah. Amen. Just as you see these things places, something's going to move over you and say there's better in the Father's house. Get out of the pig pen and go back to where you come from. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why Revelations 19.7 would say, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. This is not a woman that's complacent. This is not a woman resting on her laurels of 50 years ago. She's moving on in the supernatural. She's moving on with the steps with all the Christian soldiers. She's walking to her destiny. A body change. A marriage supper. Brother Branham would equate this to a little woman out west. Little servant woman. Looked down on. Despised and rejected. Voted most likely to not succeed. What no hope seemingly for there was a man, there was a mighty man of wealth out there in the east who had a heart. He wanted to find him a wife. So he goes out to where his ranch was, where they supplied the cattle to the packing plant. And you know the story? He went out there and he tried to find him a wife. And he said, Brother Bram said, boy, they put on the shindig. They, they dressed up. They painted up. They, they done everything they could to get his attention. They whistled over here and they wooed over there and they smoke lighted this and they done that. But yet God wasn't even, wouldn't pay no attention. He's looking for something else. He's looking for a woman of character. A woman that would stand by him. A woman that wouldn't run when the first problem came up. Amen. And here he goes and he's looking and he ain't seeing it. And he goes out one day to, well, after the, during a party and he walks outside and he, 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 uh, he, 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 he Walks out and he's just trying to get his mind wrapped around this. I come out here, I spent money, I can't, there's nobody out here. All of a sudden he hears a door creak and over there in the dimness of the light of the kitchen, the door opens and here this little girl come out, ragged thing and didn't look like much. She walked over there and she dumped the, and she, he began to watch, he noticed her and he began to watch her. Begin to watch her attitude. Begin to watch what she was doing. And, and, you know, begin to watch her actions and how she was holding, her, hold, holding herself and what she was doing. That's the woman I want. He catches her out there one day to reveal himself to her and tell her, you're who I want. (laughs) Even when she wasn't looking for him, he came looking for her. You remember when God found you and your raggedness and seemed impossibilities to overcome and just servant slave mentality. There wasn't a way you could ever be somebody, but... All of a sudden, a tap come on your shoulder and said, hey, that's not who you are. I want to marry you. Me? Could you imagine the shock? Came over that little girl's face. He said, yes, I'm going to marry you. And I'm going to come back in a certain season. And you're going to watch for these things to take place. And when you see that begin to take place... You be ready. That's right. 
<laughs> and she went back to write her business, and he left and went, seemingly gone. And everybody went on about his day as usual, life as usual. Forgot all about him, but not this little girl. Amen. She was making herself ready. She was doing everything she could to earn whatever dollar she could get to go and buy her a gown, to put on it, whatever she could do. She, she, had, to, she had to just get in, put everything. Her whole heart was in this yes. because she knew he had spoke to her, and she was convinced. Yeah, Therefore, since she was convinced of the promise that he was coming back, she was concerned enough to get herself ready. And I believe there's a people on this fa a face of this earth. You knew you wasn't looking for God, but God came looking for you. And he gave you a promise. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm not going to leave you in this hell-bound world, but I'm coming back for you. And you're convinced enough about his promise that you're concerned enough to get yourself ready. And whatever I got to do, I'll lay aside every weight. I'll lay, I don't care what people say. I don't care what anybody says about me. They can call me Holy Roller. They can call me Pentecostal. They can call me all emotions. They can call me whatever they want to, but one of these days they're gonna call me God. They're gonna come looking for me, and I ain't gonna be nowhere around. Come on, somebody. Amen. And she began to watch the signs that he told her about. And as she seated to come to the fulfillment, people began to laugh. People began to make fun. You're crazy. You're a lunatic. You're, you done made this all up. You just think it's that way. What do you mean? That ain't no, that ain't no fulfillment of vision. Ha ha ha. But she heard the word. You know what the problem was? They didn't hear it. Come on now. They didn't hear it. If they would have heard it, they'd have been there too. Amen. If they listen, this is what the problem is with people that are sitting on set on message pews and are now out there some of the worst critics and the worst devils there ever was. Why? They never heard it. It never reached down into their soul to anchor down somewhere. But I've heard it. I've heard the message and it's called me out of darkness into a marvelous light. And I see the signs of his spirit and I'm out there being ready. Any moment, I'm gonna hear the sound of that old buggy. Hallelujah. And they might be right in our ears, right down on top of us, posting right on our social media. Ha, 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 ha. But all of a sudden, there'll be a sound like a rushing mighty wind and a sweep will take over you. And in that buggy, you're gonna jump. And out of this world, you're gonna go. Amen, it happened for that little girl. One day, she was being criticized. And the next day, she was gone. One day, she was mocked. And the next day, she was changed. One day, she was made fun of. And the next day, she wasn't nowhere to be found. Hallelujah. I'm looking at a people that one day, you're gonna be sick. And the next day, you're gonna be healed. One day you're going to be bound, and the next day you're going to be delivered. One day you're going to be old and gray haired and stooped shoulder, and the next day you're going to be running on the streets of glory. Hallelujah. We're not called to be a complacent church. Let's put everything we got into it. I refuse to be a nominal Christian. I refuse to be a half-hearted believer. I want to put everything I got into it. Lift your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Just any day now. Praise the name of Jesus. Just any day now.
the dead in Christ arise. Just any day now. Your husband has gone on and come back in. Says, time to go, honey. <laughs> Just any day now. This ain't the time to be complacent. This ain't the time to be fooling around with the things of the world. This is the time to get in the buggy. Get in the train. It's leaving. I wonder how many would just pray that prayer. Father, give me that fervency. Lord, that passion. Amen. To come after you with all my heart. Serve you with everything that I have. Yes, Lord. Bless the name of Jesus. Musicians can come. Just keep on praising him. You're praising the one that's going to change your body. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of Jesus. I will praise the mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I feel almost drunk up here. Amen. God is here to visit you. Maybe you've been in a complacent, but it's the time to get out of it. Maybe you've been a little lukewarm. It's time to get, say, God, relight my fire. Build it up again. Stoke the flames. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Go ahead, Brother Andrew. Oh, let's worship him now. Lord, troubled soul, wash away down. You are not made to bear this heavy load. Oh, yes. Cast all your burdens. Cast all your burdens.
Hallelujah. How many is here ready to defy that spirit of lukewarmness? Defy that spirit of complacency that wants to come over you. You're willing enough to defy to get out of your seat, come down here and say, I defy this devil. I'm tired of him taking my time. I'm tired of him taking my life. I'm tired of him taking my moments with the Lord. I'm tired of him. I'm done with that thing, and I'm going to lay it right here. This day, that devil's going to die. And I'm asking God to relight my fire, to relight my passion, relight my desire for him, to have more about me for Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just lay hands on one another? Pray for one another. Say, God, we don't want to be a church that's complacent and lukewarm about the things of God. But, Lord, we want to have a fervent desire. We want to live for you with all of our heart. We want to be all in or all out. But I say, God, let's jump in with all of our heart. Hallelujah. We defy that devil of lukewarmness. We defy that devil of complacency that wants to take our homes and take our family lives and take our lives in general. We defy it today and we denounce that devil and we send him back to hell where he come from. And we say, Lord, let the fire of God fall upon us today. Relight us, oh God. Re-put new passion in our hearts to serve you. Amen, a fervent desire to please you, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of God. Yes, Lord. How about your fathers? Will you defy it? Your mothers denounce it. Your children say, no, I'm not going to be bound down with that thing no more. I'm against that devil. With my whole heart, I'm against it. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, Lord, we praise you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. Give me glory, give me honor, Father. Hallelujah. This stronghold will come down. This stronghold is taking over Laodicea. It's taking over our, our, our lives around us and society around us. But this stronghold will fall. There will be a people that's going to rise above it. It won't be bound down with it, but it's going to be on fire for the things of God and have a passion to know Him. Chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Hallelujah. There's going to be young people that say, no, I'm not going to be bound by that. I'm moving out of it. But you can be visited by angels. That your homes can be visited by angels. So take heed. Lest you entertain angels unaware. Watch. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, just keep worshiping Him. Let's keep glorifying his name. Keep lifting him up. Oh, he's here now. Watch his feet. Put it in action. Yes, Lord.
everything that's within them. Everything. Will you make a full surrender? The apathy is gone. Amen. The slothfulness is gone. The lukewarmness is gone. And a fervency. The fire burning on the inside. Amen. And my soul I say
that's different that doesn't match him he's going to have somebody that gives their all back to him that makes a full surrender of their lives they become fully and totally committed there are people whose eyes are on his appearing who can't wait for him to come back who get so tired of this world and, and all that it brings they're not planning on staying here anymore they're like the little armor girl they're getting their garment ready they're listening for the sound of the chariot amen god didn't spare anything for you let's give back our heart our soul or everything that we have knowing he gladly bore our burdens he did it all to take away my sin so i could stand before him without blemish without a spot what a, what a wonderful God and when I think that God himself not sparing didn't send an errand boy and that, or an angel but he came himself amen I can hardly take this in that on the cross my birds gladly buried he bled and died to take away my sin Savior God. 
Christ shall come. We are in the hour of his coming. Never been a day like this one. We are the ones upon whom the ends of the world has come. We're in the sixth vision just before the fire falls. Amen. We saw it happen today. A woman who Brother Branham said was in royal high purple. I saw her dress. That's why he thought it was a Roman Catholic church because that's her colors is purple and scarlet. And he said she'd be a vice president or president or some great person. She'd hold a nation in her, in, under full sway. We're here. We're here. We're right here in a repeat. As Brother Bradham told us, Mr. Kennedy would make his, make a good president, no doubt. But he'd just make a way for Catholicism to worm its way all in through. And now it's in our Supreme Court. Now it's everywhere. It's now holding the nation. It doesn't matter if you're conservative or you're liberal. They got their fingers on both sides. Do you realize what we're standing? Do you realize we're in a time where the delay is about over? You know why the Lord is delayed? Because for you and you and you and you and you and you and you, the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. And his long suffering has been on account of you to give you an opportunity to come in. Amen. Because his table's gonna be full. His ever named on the book. He's not leaving a one behind. Amen. He's not leaving a hook behind. He's gonna bring him everyone in. Hallelujah. But the day is about over with. We've been in overtime for quite a little while. Amen. The Lord long suffering. That's why the delay is been. You know, it's an evil servant that keeps saying, oh, nothing's happening. That still allows that complacency to rule their lives. The fervency must be there. A people that loves God like he loves them. A people that he could say, when he would write a scripture, when he write it in the laws, thou shalt, thou shalt not, thou shalt. And then he would say, that's not what I want. If I could just get somebody to love me with all their heart, with all their soul, with all that's within them, that's what I want. I want somebody to love me. A bride, a people called for his namesake. And when Christ shall come we shall of acclamation I take what joy what joy shall fill my heart oh yes think about it and I shall bow 
my God, my God, I house when I get my chance to bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God my God how great thou art oh that there was no one like you that you surely are that rose of Sharon the lily of the valley for you have been that lily in our valley to brighten our way. You have been that rose of Sharon to give us that sweet smelling ointment that took away our stink. Oh, Jesus, you've been everything to us. We owe our all, our everything for what you've done. How great you are. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How wonderful you are. And them sings my soul, my forget his promise. Amen. He is there for us. We're looking for that great day. It's all going to be over. And we're nearer now than when we first believed. Amen. Some glad morning when this life is over, I will fly away. 